I can't afford to pay my gas or electricity bill. The NHS is completely fucked due, due to years of chronic underfunding. LGBTQ people are being persecuted as culture war point scoring for just wanting to go about their daily lives and exist in peace. Immigrants are being demonised. The rivers and waterways of a nation are being pumped full of shit. The entire media aren't interested in scrutiny or accountability because it's just a big club and they want to be matey. It's episode number 280. <laughs> Hello. And welcome to your favourite very right-wing podcast. This is the Wizards of Drivel, and I've been elected by an astonishing 47% of the Wizards membership to be your host for today. Happily for me, I'm joined by a cabinet of all the talents. First of all, we have a very exciting special guest, born in the same country as Boris Johnson, but 17 times less reprehensible as a person. Make some whooping noises and pop your air horns for the American Reginald Mitchell, Mitchell, the second most devious bastard in New York City. Zach's here. Hello, Zach. How are you? What's going on, Tony? Thank you for having me. It is um, a holiday in America. It is Labor Day, um, which is good. It's the only um, one of the only American holidays that is not celebrating the birthday of a dead racist. (laughs) So uh, we're all very excited to be here. Do they not let you like celebrate the the International Workers Day with the rest of us? Do you have to have your own? Um, I would not be surprised if that was the case. Yeah. Nice. Seems same standard. Um, alongside Zach, it's for Josiah Wedgwood of Hot Takes. Oh, no, actually, that was for Matt, and he couldn't make it, sorry. Um, finally, to, to Zach's right on my Zoom screen, and also politically, um, the footballing podcast stats wizard embodiment of the cat of Dick and Dom's bungalow is Tom Thrower. <laughs> yeah, Tom. perfect. I'm going to stick my head in and talk about rest defences. That's what I'm going to do today. <laughs> but I haven't funny. made it a song, so give me five minutes. <laughs> Yet, yeah. Um Oh, how are we doing then? Red into Stoke One. It was a bit rubbish, wasn't it? Did did did, did any thoughts? Anybody enjoy yeah. it? I'm excited as someone can be to talk about that game. <laughs> it was uh, horrible. Where did it all yeah. go wrong? I would say like 90 seconds in. <laughs> so it was pretty easy to track where it went wrong. Fair. It was that overly um, bouncy ball. I mean, yeah. Too much yeah, I mean, you know, you would say, Zach, they have goalkeeping training and they, they practice and they should be able to judge where the ball bounces based on their experience. And to that, I would say, no, when um, Andy Kwai left, he took all the training manuals with him and now they sit around playing secondary Dreamcast, probably. I don't know. <laughs> they lost a general understanding of the concept of gravity. And whatever the opposite one is. Well, it's proprietary. So. <laughs> do you do you think they that is a thing they would practice? Is a bouncing ball ten yards outside of the penalty area, running tearing towards it like a dickhead in a position where you can't catch it? That doesn't feel like something they'll practice very often in goalkeeper training. To be honest, I guess you would uh, you would hope that they would practice not doing that. I uh, see. So, yeah. Well, that's that's, that's it. Shit. Yeah. Shit. We should have been not doing that. <laughs> God. A lot of <laughs> lot of expanded energy they didn't need to be using. Phone phone Andy Quai's replacement, whose name I've forgotten, and tell him. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Stop <laughs> practicing that. 
Tom, I can already tell you're itching to be annoyed about the thing that you could see him say via lip reading, and I can't remember the exact wording. But what did he say? The ball? It just about... bounced too high. Okay. But I mean, he's right. <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> no, yeah. The, the, it, I mean, it's a really English reaction, actually, to like, <laughs> it's a bit like with your intro, with the fact that our country's on fire, and it's just a bit like, oh, you, you know, it's just how it is. Can't can't do anything about that one. Um, we're stuck. It's your fault, actually. It's 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 it the podcast's fault for coming up with the phrase "bomberton" because yeah. ninety seconds into the first match, he becomes extraordinarily incompetent. It is it is entirely my fault. <laughs> He's lucky I didn't do a song about him yet. <laughs> um, but yeah. It, it, <sighs> I have cursed him, so I apologise for that. But I think, I mean, I'm still convinced that it was going wide before Aidan Flint wanged it in his own net with all the decorum of a fucking Nigel Farage gin. Just <laughs> so many failings in such a short amount of game time. Um, but yeah, it was it was rubbish. But after that, we scored a goal, which was exciting. Um, yeah, you apologize to Aiden Flint right now. <laughs> well, it, um, <laughs> I, you don't have to. You don't have to. I, I, mean, I wasn't going to. I, I thought I could maybe, yeah. could maybe trick you into doing it. I, I'm, I'm. In fact, on the subject of apologies, I, I feel like one of the things I quite like about Jack Bonham still, apart from the purity of his comment that it just bounced too high, which yeah, did fair enough. Is I could, like where where a normal goalkeeper would be bollocking three of his defenders at that moment, I can see him saying sorry to people because he knows he's made a bit of a fuck up and he's sorry, and then goes on to be perfectly fine for the rest of the game. And I still don't think he's that bad. Just just cursing him ahead for I mean, the next well, yeah, game. Yeah, he, he came out for a shot. Well, that was fine, and he nearly got to the penalty. Yeah, that was that was nice. And was really I, I think we need to stop playing Aiden Flint south of. Um, Stoke on Trent because we've played two games south of Stoke so far this season and in both games he has missed the ball which has led directly to the opposition scoring the winger so uh, scoring the winner scoring the winger <laughs> I know uh, that there are like new substitution rules um, in play uh, recently yeah, is there a way that we can sub Aiden Flint on just for corner kicks and then switch him back out real quick Special I haven't teams. read like the fine print in the <laughs> in the league rules but I'm hoping that's possible. It would be I mean, nice. We don't use all the subs, so yeah, no. it's possible. <laughs> well, you say that we're getting closer to using subs. I'm excited about the subs still. Just, I think you're still winding up to doing proper subs. Um, excited for the subs. I, 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 I thought you were going to say we should we shouldn't play him south of the halfway line because he's only any good in the opposition box, and he's not very good in our box. Need a target man. He's, he's not that good in the opposition box. He's just been good twice. Do we uh, already have 50... our target, man? <laughs> are we, <laughs> we going to feed him to the hitbox? <laughs> not yet. We need his height. Yeah. I mean, I, it is very much the goal that we scored. It, it is not to, you know, uh, unravel our set-piece tactics to every other person who is not a Stoke fan who listens to this podcast. It is just... Aiden Flint's going to be at the back post. He's going to be taller than you and he's going to try and nod it down somewhere in the six-yard box and we'll go from there. Don't expect anything more. Don't expect anything less. 
Oh, no, do expect less because it takes us like four or five <laughs> corners to get the accuracy right. And then maybe if you give us seven corners, we might score. But it's still our only source of goals. Oh, God, yeah. So- <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's make something from open play. Oh, I'm not familiar with that concept. I mean, yeah. Like, what did we What did we think about the tactics? I guess it seemed like a lot of um, a lot of crosses, um, a lot of crosses being put in by Jacob Brown. It feels like he could be used better. Right wing back, Jacob Brown. That's exactly where you want your top scorer from last season. And um, at least at least he's playing. Yeah. <laughs> We had two really shit conga lines on each side of the pitch. <laughs> that was the tactic. It was like, go on, centre mid, wide centre midfielders. You you get really wide, wide centre backs. You get really wide, and then and then you can all stand in a line, literally at times, which was you know pretty painful. Uh, and then when we lose the ball, there's going to be no one in the middle of the pitch other than Aidan Flint and his turning circle of a, you know, Tory party leadership competition. <laughs> um, not, 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 not the best tactics, Mr. Neil. So maybe do some more of those. Think a bit harder. I, I mean, obviously we've got a brand new leader in place. So everyone's going to frame what's going on in the context of that. But like, given that was essentially his first team selection in the job and with lots of caveats about injuries and the fact that he hasn't really seen us play enough to understand that actually we're fundamentally broken as individuals and a team. Um, how long does he need before we can really judge anything he's doing, do you think? is it? Is it can, we, can we just tell him he's a dickhead for that horrible distribution of players across the pitch now or do we need to give him a few more games to shout on? Some of us are forward-thinking enough to have judged him before he even managed a game. <laughs> so uh, it's important to to get ahead of the the popular consensus on that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, you know, you said the the caveat about the injury thing. Part of me thinks that it's going to be really hard to like judge how good we actually are until we have more players back. Um, mainly uh, Harry Sutar, who is our best defender slash best player. Period. Um, which is kind of why I felt that, you know, you could definitely say that he should have left, but I think you can make the same points about Michael O'Neill where, you know, he didn't have his ideal lineup for a single minute this season. Um, so I think if you're going to keep that in mind, it's going to be kind of hard to judge Neil while he's missing, you know, I guess Nick Powell's is can play now, but, you know, still missing like five of, you know, his 10 ideal uh, first team players. Uh, outfield players than his. Again, the only like positive from the game, really, other than Ben Wilmot finally taking one of his a million chances mm. he's had this season, was that Neil after the game <clears throat> sort of came out and, as you'd expect, maybe if I'm being a bit mean to him, but certainly came out and seemed to have highlighted a lot of the problems in terms of uh, like ability to. Keep keep going for 90 minutes um confidence most importantly i think like i think he is the first person to realize that our players hate themselves uh and have forgotten that like to be in the championship you have to be quite good at football so we do all of that get the ball stand there looking at each other like what i've got to do this (laughs) and and when i'm slagging off his tactics i mean it's just it's one game i i'd be very surprised if this like 
panopticon shape that we've picked <laughs> up in most of the second half, uh, in the most of the first half, is like actually going to be the plan. And if it is, well, I, I hope we we iron out some of the rather large mountain range creases in it. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's, 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 how long can we give him? As long as he bloody needs, because no one else is coming in and doing anything for us. I think we think we're at the bottom of the barrel. Maybe the panopticon shape was less um, a football tactic and more of like um, a metaphor, like a like a performance <laughs> art piece. It was like a like a statement on um, you know the security state and um, you know social media and just kind of modern culture. And you know, to that you you have to respect him as a, as a visionary. I love um, the idea of Lewis Baker just in a tower with a view of everybody just just going no <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. He was just, it, it, Neil is working off the principle that like to make the team more alert and um, switched on, they all have to think that Lewis Baker could pass to them at any point, but not actually know if he's going to. Uh, how far do you want to take this? <laughs> it was good to hear you talk about the post-match conference, which I did not um, watch or listen to because I watched the game from 5 to 7 a.m. on my phone on mute in bed. Um, and then fell right back asleep afterwards and had um, a stress nightmare about fighting in a war, which was <laughs> way more relaxing than actually watching the game was. So I woke up feeling so refreshed. You did very well to get get through the, the game. Like any of the game, really. More, past about two minutes, if you're in bed, like to either like to not just roll back over is, is impressive work. Credit where it's due. Uh, yeah, I'm very brave. <laughs> it's I, my favorite thing he said in the post-match press conference was was he said he said that we're slow and pedestrian and we've been saying that for years and years and years with a little window where we we passed it quite nicely and quickly under Nathan Jones which we don't talk about anymore but it was good didn't do didn't work but it was good um, and and it's refreshing to see that that the statement that yes we're 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 just really slow and our tempo is just miles behind. Like whenever you watch a Stoke game and then watch another game, it always looks like we've been playing in slow motion, which is fun. Um, I'm sure it's only a matter of time before he sort of gets dragged down to the natural Stoke rhythm of walking football, but it's encouraging to see that. And also like I said it already, but doing subs when it's there's still time to influence the game is still an exciting concept and we'll definitely beat that out of him very quickly, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I mean... It was shit, and we lost to the Ince family's Reading. Hard to, it's early on. enough in the season that it's hard to know, like, in the championship, who is good and who is getting lucky. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I think Reading is good. I think that they, like, a, a, a meme force came up against um, an object that crumbles when looked at <laughs> too sternly. Um, so I think if anything, we didn't get in. I think they got Stoke city but in like a positive way. Yeah. Lucky it was all him. give Lucas Zhao birthday presents. I mean, literally yeah. Jack Bottom gave him a birthday present nine minutes into the game on his 29th birthday. I don't know. How old Lucas okay. Zhao well, and you can't, you can't teach being thoughtful and considerate like that. Yeah. It's fair play points. Just an, another, another mark on the chart for Jack Bonham being a good person. Um, <laughs> 
And <laughs> speaking of goalkeepers, right, YouGov did a daily poll today asking, has the Conservative leadership contest between Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss made you more or less optimistic for the future? Which is a bit like saying, has being kicked in the bollocks made you more or less optimistic about the promised future bollock kickings to come? Anyway, that got me thinking about our current goalkeeping options. Pod favourite Jack Bonham literally shat himself, as we discussed. What about the other JB? Are we are we thinking, oh, oh, actually maybe Joe Bursett needs to come back in and then he can disgrace himself and then we can spin the panopticon round like some kind of amusement fairground ride of spinning goalkeepers where they're both just stuck to the sidewall as it goes round and round and round down a big sinkhole full of shit. Or do we try and get someone in on loan or a free transfer or something before the end of that deadline? My realistic plan involves um, inventing a time machine to go back and um, uh, still have Adam Davies. I thought you were going to say support a different team. It's not a bad idea because I'm now just I'm I'm looking again at the goalkeeper stats and I'm noticing that um, Fodderingham, who is Sheffield United's like number one keeper, has played 98% of their minutes, and some random bloke called Jordan has played played another two. Um, so like even Ben Davis isn't isn't Ben Davis, Adam Davis yeah. isn't even being picked. Um, and I think we, yep. Yeah, there it is. Um, us and Wigan are the only team to have two goalkeepers with negative goals prevented. So, yay. Well done, Stoke. <laughs> We're um, number one. Yeah. Having bad goalkeepers. <laughs> Just be the worst. How pleasing for us. It's lovely to be special. Like it's great losing to a team with, the <laughs> own, with like Joe Lumley is the worst goalkeeper in the division and... We still take him. We had like three shots on target, maybe. Uh, but like, I remember some years back that Andy Kwai, mentioned already several times, was was touted as like the best goalkeeping coach in the world. And we were super lucky to have him. And we had a string of really good goalkeepers. And then uh, Jack Butland had like a season where he completely shit himself and his hands fell off. Um, and then Andy Quire left, and I wonder if maybe he was quite good. And I can't remember the bloke who came in since is is not as good. Maybe that's oversimplifying what goalkeeping coaches do. But you'd think goalkeeping coaches must do something, or we wouldn't employ them. So why are all our keepers so relentlessly shit? Also, you can't polish a turd. Um. Speaking from like a pure statistical analytic perspective, I think it has to go down to the curse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've always got to account for the curse in any calculation in Stoke City's ness. Aren't we lucky? Um, one thing I was actually just thinking about when you were saying that Neil kind of came out and said that we were unfit is to make this about me just a little bit. I was anybody who. <laughs> follows me on on twitter um at zach underscore idiot you will know that i'm a big fan of the national basketball association's boston celtics um the boston celtics this past season hired a new coach um, a new first-time coach um he'd been an assistant it was his first time taking over a franchise his name is ime odoka and the celtics are a franchise with you know big lofty aspirations 
Um, and when the season started, they were really, really underperforming. Um, you know, they, they came out, they were losing a lot. They were like a 500 team. Um, no comment on that thrower. Um, <laughs> so but, just, and what Tom's just put a hat on. I can't read what it says. I don't know what it on. I'm assuming it's books. Okay. Cap. Um, per, yeah, perhaps not the best hat in the context of the point I'm about to make. <laughs> but basically the team was not playing well at the beginning of the season. They were throwing away a lot of leads, looking kind of lazy out there. And what this new coach, Ime Odoka, did was he came out and he would just like excoriate his players in the press. He would just be like, they are bitches. They uh, have like mental lapses. They, they suck. And at the time I was like, wow, this guy's being a little bit harsh. I don't know if I appreciate this. But in fairness, the players came out and they were like, no, he was right. We were being bitches. We wanted to be negged. And what happened was that they had like one of the most dramatic turnarounds in NBA history um, and became like one of the best teams in the, you know, probably the best team in the league for the second half of the season, ended up winning the East altogether, making it to the championship. Like, you know, did, they didn't pull it off in the end. But... Wow. Uh, we that, lost the transatlantic uh, Atlantic link. Yeah. We lost you for a second there. Was was the punchline that Alex Neal's going to shout at people? That was the punchline, yes. Outstanding. It feels like Gary Rowe did that and it went really badly. And maybe to an extent, Nathan Jones tried to do that and it went really badly. And just ended Gary, up Gary Rowe was, was mean to, to Boyan. So that's unforgivable. They were both mean to Boyan. Yeah, we don't want to talk about the, the Nathan Jones unnecessary Boyan blind spot. I mean, he also didn't play Josh Tymer when he should have done. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, arguably a bigger crime. There's a lot of crimes going on in Stoke-on-Trent. We're not very good. And I, I have a very big feeling that it might stay not very good for a lot longer than everyone thinks it's going to be not very good. Like, to go serious, but also in the very much wizards, oh God, oh God, everything's on fire. Uh, I I would be surprised to see us look like a competent team before, after the World Cup. Well, that's quite soon. We are playing like half a season before then. No, I was thinking like the next World Cup. I, I, it seems unrealistic to expect him to, even with shouting and our good players becoming uninjured, it seems unrealistic to expect him to turn us into a playoff side this season, really, to me. Just because even when we look all right, something will happen. We'll find a way to fuck it up. Um, I do have some faith in him um, due to his Scottishness and also saying cool things and his abruptness with the media already, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I I have literally no expectation. We uh, we should do some quick fire listener questions because we've got some, some good ones for stuff we've already covered that we should have picked out then. Uh, but LWH asked, is 13th too ambitious? Yes. The I curse. agree. It might be. Modern Dad says, you've been a pod throughout our whole demise. Which of the terrible seasons has been your favourite and why? Ooh. Um, I guess 2019-20. Uh, Michael O'Neill came in, saved us from relegation, and then the season got cancelled early because of the coronavirus and we had to watch less dope than usual, so that was nice. 
And then when we came back, there was no one to upset them. So they all played quite nicely. And there was a big flag. There was a big lovely big flag. It does ring a bell. And and we bantered off Nottingham Forest on the last day of that season as well. So like that was that was that was really funny. That's the best thing we've done since we've been down, isn't it? By by far. That one game is the best thing we've done, definitely. I was I was going to say the Nathan Jones bit just because I enjoyed a lot of it, but actually it was pretty tough in parts, like the bits where he got sacked just before Christmas. <laughs> that was shit. Ten games. Uh, but First yeah, three all... months of that season, aged Tom like fifty years. Yeah, is arguing <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's nothing new. Though. <laughs> it was particularly focused. I got shouted at him as Sentinel. It was fun. It's always um, fun. Matty P wants us to rank the backroom staff in order of hardness. <laughs> Can anybody name any of our backroom staff? Uh, uh, Rory Delap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John O'Shea. Oh, I'd forgotten him already. Um, the new assistant manager. Canning. Canning. I think he's Scottish, therefore hard. He is Scottish. Um, yeah, I, I think actually the order I'm going in now is like is most to is least, least, least least to most and Alex Neal is like ultra hard I, I think that's right David Rouse goalkeeping coach well, I fear it, for his wrists just on the evidence <laughs> so I'd say it's <laughs> wrists or anything to go <laughs> one all <laughs> yeah no, but also like called him out a bit so hopefully, like, I wouldn't back myself against anyone in a fight, but hopefully he doesn't listen to this and he won't come and find me and kick my head in. That would Jump be back. a bit far, I'd say. Like, I'd be concerned if if, if our coaches are listening to this as opposed to okay. well, knowing where we live. I'm not in New York. It's not that far. Not like that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jugbank Stokey asks, why are some people obsessed with signing players who've already played for us? <laughs> Um, I think it's time we bring back Glenn Whelan. <laughs> the time has finally come. Thank you for pointing that out. That's all he does. Point. Um, I, I mean, I'm really trying to find a way to um, not be mean about this, but uh, there's a running theory, and I think it's been raised on the podcast before, but I think a lot of Stoke fans don't actually realise that they don't like football very much. So, like... They, they absolutely don't engage. They've got in an argument with someone for going to a Newcastle game on Twitter this week oh, yeah. for doing this. Uh, they don't engage with any football outside of Stoke um, unless it's like non-league because apparently that doesn't count. Uh, and this dude's argument was uh, that you, it's weird to go to any game that isn't your team's game, your national team's game or a non-league game. And I think that just screams, I actually don't enjoy watching football. I just don't know that yet. So I think the same thing applies. These people don't really know that there's like 10,000 of the footballers um, in the professional game outside of the ones who have played for Stoke before. So every single one is better. I also think that they want to bring back former players because they already know how to misspell those names (laughs) Um, and learning how to misspell a new player's name um, takes like a whole bunch of effort. So when you only have like, so much brain space it helps to be able to um lean back on you know the tried and true (laughs) (laughs) 
David is going to hear call uh, <laughs> Mame Biram Juif Jacob Brown. I do. Uh, I think Juicy Exception, we should get him back. Him and Charlie Adam. Jumo uh, mm. 70 says, when did we become so unfit? Now, are we unfit? Or is it just a thing managers say when they come in and find all, all the players are more broken and shit than they expected and he sort of expected them to know what they were doing on a pitch? Both. I am not a sports scientist. Neither is, is anyone. Stokes, sports <laughs> yeah. science specialist. This <laughs> yeah. is Peter Coates. <laughs> the fitness coach. <laughs> With a white coat on. <laughs> and a little yeah. stethoscope. <laughs> doctor at a future home. He's just like, run over there. He like bought now a medical license back. from South America. <laughs> he won it. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what the problem is. The curse, obviously. Um, I think it's a confidence thing as well. A little bit. I think when you're lacking in confidence, I think Neil sort of said this. Like when you're lacking in confidence, it feels like every little step back you get is like the tides of fate turning against you again. So they all just sort of go. Oh, for fuck's sake and then don't run anymore because what's yeah. the point when you're guaranteed to lose anyway speaking of being guaranteed to lose anyway next up at the Hippodrome it's Mr Nathan Jones are we all excited for Luton no. I'm very excited um, I will be spending the next few days um, you know drawing pentagrams with <laughs> goat's blood on my floor and hanging upside down crucifixes um, really doing whatever I can to um, uh, sabotage the the pure light of God um, in His eyes. Will it work? No, 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 no. We're losing three nothing. Okay, um, I'm thinking more nil one. I reckon Alex Neal's gonna double down and throw out the diamond against Jones and just like scare him with it. Is he going to get a diamond and then rotate it in a slight <laughs> rhombus so it's just four players stood on each touchline? No, no, no. So of the 10 attacking outfield players, there's going to be two diamonds on each wing. Ooh. And then there's going, to be, there's going to be Lewis Baker and Aidan Flinch stood in the middle scared again. The double pivot. Know, the only thing they can beat a diamond is a double diamond. <laughs> <laughs> That's just basic math. Oh, I'm frightened. I mean, I'm frightened of, of the logic and the diamonds and the double diamonds. I'm also frightened of as losing to Nathan Jones, which will happen. I'm frightened of the the noise following that. I'm frightened of Ben Rowley of the YYY files and his spies. I'm not he frightened us, of him. He called us bitches. He did he? Yes, on Twitter. He called That's... us bitches last week. Wow. <laughs> on his birthday as well. So it's war. Enemy of the pod, Ben Rowley. Yeah. Very poor behaviour. Hey, the, the Lionesses are playing at the Brit tomorrow. That's exciting. And a uh, quick gatekeeping check. You are allowed to attend because it's your national team. I mean, I'm not, obviously. I hate England and all who sail in her. Uh, but still, good luck with parking out of towners. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be it's going to be nice. We're going to be the first, I don't know actually about this, but like I'm just going to pretend we are. We're going to be the first uh, team whose record attendance at their ground is going to be the England, like the professional team, professional oh, nice. men's yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, get there. Okay, uh, yeah. Who's going to be England's women's team. So that's nice. 
Mm. Also, probably the worst. Well, yeah, that's a given. <laughs> yeah, no, it is nice. And, and like, even though they're England, good luck to them, I suppose. Have they played? Is it Liechtenstein or Luxembourg or one of one Luxembourg, of the one of the good one of those, countries? One of those fake countries. <laughs> yeah, that they trot out only, uh, you know, for special occasions. They're not states, Zach. I've been to both of those places. They're real. Mm. They're as real as you or I. And they're just really small and pointless, like England. I wish it was smaller. Yeah, England. Smaller. Yeah, it'd be yeah. easier if it was. If it stopped about, well, somewhere in the Midlands below me. (laughs) Somewhere like south of Crewe. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like it could just go to sort of like Northampton or Luton even. It would be a a fine border. You could do it sort of diagonally to cut Norfolk off because they can have that. I think our government Um, don't think that's where England ends, eh? Eh? (laughs) That is lucky, yeah. Yeah. Because because Northern powerhouse. Bold to assume we've got a government. It's been this like is why people listen to Wizards of Drivel for for just cutting mm. topical political commentary. We've been quite good this time compared to the last one. Yeah, team. Yeah, the last one went places. <sighs> so I'm really Braveman's going to be in charge of the whole. Oh, office. Man. <sighs> it could be worse. Well, I don't know how it could be worse, but we'll find out in about six months when they next shuffle around everyone. That sounds really hard. It sounds really hard for you because uh, America's political system is thriving. <laughs> Things are going really well. Nothing is ominous. Nothing bad is going to happen in the next few years. Um, and uh, yeah, I think just probably things are going to go well and um, there's not going to be a civil war. You mean Sleepy Joe's ruthless centrism has rebalanced your country and everything is okay? Um, oh, Sleepy Sleepy Joe is dead. We're in. Uh, <laughs> we're living under the rule of Dark Brandon now. Oh yeah, he had the red lights and stuff, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And nobody broadcast. That's it. right. Brilliant. Oh, Joe Lysett stole our bit from last pod. That's annoying. Have you probably missed. Oh yeah, yeah. We pretended we were fascists. Yeah, we pretended that. to be very right wing, like. On Saturday, on Thursday, then Joe Lysa did it and he gets all the headlines. God, honestly. The difference is obviously we're really like right wing. Yeah, we're not doing a bit. <laughs> yeah, but still. Have we got anyone Ooh, to yeah. feed to the hippos? It feels like we should feed somebody. They're going to be hungry. They need. Did, did we want to we talk about free agents, potential free agents who are going to oh, save, yeah. our season, save, our, save our team? I mean, are they all old and shit and very much in the mould of Stoke transfer favourites? Like, I still can't believe we haven't signed Andy Carroll. That's weird to me. Even now, like when we've already signed an old striker. Isn't he? Has he gone somewhere? I don't know. I'm sure Pete Smith had him on his list. I missed him on the list. That list was scary. I read through that and it was like, oh, right. The reason all of these players who don't have clubs come the 5th of September is they're all shit and old. And, um, and won't help a team. I was thinking, I saw on that list, um, former Liverpool keeper, Loris Karius. <laughs> um, I think he could be um, a perfect fit for the culture because he has experience um, like apologizing to the fan base through tears for a horrible mistake. The, the, the proto Jacob Halgard, as he was. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. So I think he could really slot right in with the... Um, the wonderful culture that we have built. Um, 
we could uh, we could get Ben Foster to sort out like socials for the entire club. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, to yeah, be fair, yeah. I do have to actually dig into his YouTube channel and see how often he misspells uh, <laughs> things in the in the title. Basic words. I mean, obviously, the, the correct answer to solve the club's problems from a social media point of view is Zach, but they keep not replying to his messages. So that might be the one. Like Ben Foster could come in and actually improve the club. That would be the way he would do this it. This is true. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm yet, yet again um spreading the word about my candidacy to be official club copy editor. Um, I really liked the official announcement of uh Alex Neal was like, We are pleased, announce Alex Neal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a caveman was writing it. It's awesome. <laughs> it's just how excited someone is. It's just excited tweeting. It's just like yeah, that's fair enough. I, I can't really criticise. Although the th- the first tweet was just a Scottish flag, and it was like the third best moment of my life. <laughs> the best Stoke supporting moment, probably, which is says a lot, doesn't it? I suppose the semi final was all right. Who was it? I think it was earlier this summer. You probably already talked about it, but there was another club that like literally copied the Josh Timon announcement from 2017. Yeah, you remember was that? It a German one. I think I think it was a German club. Yeah, it might have been Dortmund, um, but they had like it was on the the tweet, and then it zoomed out, and the player like turned and did the weird thumbs up. Yeah, we're so like, huge. <laughs> yeah, we're so big. They the they they are taking our stuff, but thankfully not our left wing back because he's injured. That's right. <laughs> like they all are. Long long may he remain injured. <laughs> Yeah, just excuse him for this horror. Tony is like Tony has uh, done a misery to to Josh Timon. <laughs> anytime, anytime a, a rumor starts to get too real, Tony will like break his foot with a sledgehammer, <laughs> so he has to stay a Stoke player for another six months. Stoke City has done a misery to Josh Timon and all the other Stoke City players just by existing. Yeah, but they're, they're here they're now. Done, so. They've done a misery to us. Yeah, very much, and that's they've broken our spirits with a sledgehammer. <laughs> we can't crawl anywhere else. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, something about politics in this country <laughs> hippos hippos feed the hippos who could we feed to the hippos I didn't consider this before we started Ben Rowley <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but then would we lose our nemesis to to push against well, we'll find out. Maybe he could do a YYY file from in a hippo's tummy. If there's one thing that I know to be true about the Wizards of Drivel podcast is that we will always have a new enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Where one falls, a new one will, will sprout from the earth. Um, saying that we miss Charlie Adams. <laughs> He did call us bitches. Maybe we should feed him a hippo. Sorry, Ben. Happy birthday. Chomp. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Chomp, 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 chomp. Well, maybe fish him out just before they, they finish him and then he can be rejuvenated so we can continue this this Feud. rivalry ongoingly. And also, if he wants us on his podcast ever again, we might want to do it. So don't tell anyone. I'll cut that bit. Any other business? Has anybody got anything to say? Has anybody got any cheerful thoughts about anything happy? Because I, no. I feel like I started this on a downer because I thought that would be funny and then I would launch into being like all up and actually it's been really fucking miserable because we're still shit. Um, Alex Neal's good though. I like him. 
in in the name of BBC impartiality, um, I do feel it is my role to draw attention to the listeners that, unfortunately, sadly, depressingly, devastatingly, Joe Allen has won a game for Swansea now. <laughs> um, so oh, fuck, I missed that. Yeah, that was sad. Wow. Um, yeah, that's a real bummer. They oh, like, I again. guess like, yeah. At least Bottom didn't let him score. Yeah, that's a big, big point. Big plus. I will say, I thought it was nice on Wednesday. I tweeted this, but that um, Dwight Gale did a really touching tribute to Joe Allen um, by not scoring on a wide open uh, net. <laughs> I thought that was a, that was a really thoughtful way to welcome him uh, back to the bet three six five. Beautiful. It is lovely how nice we are as a club to other clubs and their players. But I, I like being nice. I think it's good. And I like our players who are nice, which is most of them really. I mean, they're getting a bit of shit, but I don't think it's really deserved. It's just not there for they came to Stoke, cursed club, full of badness. See, well, you, I do feel like for the most part, they're a likable bunch. And... Yeah, I'm trying to withhold my most serious judgments until we have more of our good players back. Um, yeah. I do think that like Josh Laron solves some of those midfield mm. issues. Obviously, Josh Hyman solves some of those <sighs> wingback issues, both from a defensive and an attacking standpoint. Um, and I think right now, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of players who are playing that wouldn't be playing or who are playing in positions that they wouldn't be playing if we had everybody fit. So not that it makes waiting for everyone to get fit any more enjoyable. And it's not like those matches don't count, but Mm. um, Harry Sutar was like objectively the best center back in the league last season. Um, He may take a little while to get back to his full potential, but it's just a big old boy. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, it's tough, tough to understate Um, a, a huge, Australian Scotsman um, who can like actually pass and get back and take on attackers one-on-one. Basic. So the the thing, I mean, Tom definitely knows this, but the real thing with hating Stoke players is you just pick one. Yeah. Don't try and tar all of them with a brush. uh, Mm. Cause like those days are gone. This is a nice team. So like just pick Sam Klukas. I was going to say, yeah, we'll all move on. Now, you know, Alex Neal, if, if you're listening, do not pick Sam Klukas. That's just Let's us. Say what you will about Sam Klukas, but he's an English professional footballer who plays as a midfielder for EFL Championship Club Stoke City. You know, he started his career as a youth player for Leicester City, where he spent six years before being released. He studied at Lincoln College and had a spell at Nettleham towards the end of the 2008-9 uh, season. So, <laughs> You know, whatever whatever you say about him, you cannot take those facts away. Oh, that his middle name is Raymond. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, no matter how poorly he plays and how mad we get at him, his middle name will always be Raymond. And he can hold on to that, I think, in uh, dark times. <laughs> and somebody's got a tattoo of him on my leg. Forever. Uh, they sure do. Just forever. <laughs> they will be buried with that tattoo. Even if they get it covered up, it will still be there. God will know. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get into heaven with a Sam Lucas tattoo. 
<sighs> oh, but it was a, it was a pivotal moment in our fifteenth place finish. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> God. Oh, hippos. If we feed that bloke to the hippos and just let them bite that leg off, do you think that'll be like a redemption for that poor man? I, I don't think it's it. I don't think there's any problem trying it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have we have nothing to lose, really. <laughs> oh, I'm going to stop. Is everybody happy to stop? Shall we stop? Make Mark it stop. today, please. Make it stop. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being here, Tom. Uh, yeah. Thank I'm sorry, you it's been a bit of a downer. Putting me through this, Stoke City. Pleasure, and thank you, Zach, for joining us all the way from the United States of States. Thank you for having me. My pleasure to put Tom through my presence. <laughs> it's been a light in the darkness, sec. It has. Thank you from all of us. Everybody else, enjoy your week not watching Stoke. Try not to think about the event, that event being Nathan Jones beating us on Saturday. Um, good luck 